You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. All right, Super Bowl Sunday. Sid Talk, I want your best Super Bowl song. Now, <laughs> I have, I have no interest in the Super Bowl, so I don't have a Super Bowl Super Bowl song, song or Super Bowl cheer or chant or whatever. <laughs> I hate the Super Bowl. I hate the Super Bowl. How about that? I don't hate it's it. It's not very enthusiastic. I don't hate it. Oh, I was being very enthusiastic. I don't hate it. I don't get it. I'm not a mass... I look at it this way, right? I don't know why we're talking about this, but football, baseball, sports in general. It's like a social thing. It's like a mass hysteria kind of social thing where if you actually don't get sucked into that and start getting into it, you're sort of an outsider. I've never been into sports. I don't like the social aspect of it. I don't like the gatherings. I don't like the... I don't care about the sport thing itself. I understand why people would like sports. I mean, I like movies. I like art. People like sports. But this big cultural thing of it, it kind of grosses me out. So I hate sports, so um, and I absolutely do not understand American football, as I probably said on this show this time last year. I don't even know what they're doing. I don't understand how many people There's, are on the team. They're in the ball down there. I don't understand how many people are on the team. I don't understand why they keep switching teams. I don't understand the majority of the whole thing. Um, seems like a big thing um, organized around fitting commercial breaks in to me. That's not what football was, no. That's it wasn't, but it is now, I think. Um, and I think the halftime show and all that kind of thing and the advertisements are a bigger deal than the, the game, like in the media and stuff. Eh, only for some people. So um, it's kind of a weird... But anyway, it's American... I wouldn't tradition. dismiss it because I don't care that people like it. I am dismissing it. Thank the, you. The gathering thing of it, I don't... So, um... I don't like. So uh, if you if you hate the Super Bowl, like us, you uh, might want to listen to this show instead. So this is after the show number 108... In fact, by the time we're done and you have it uploaded, you would be able to listen during the Super Bowl. I I noticed people on Twitter saying that the pre-show has just started and stuff, so I think we're just about, it's just about, well, a kick-off in a couple of hours, right? See, I said I think that they should always coordinate it so that the Academy Awards and the Super Bowl are on the same day. That way you've got, like, the two biggest... See, now there's something I like, and it's a big social pretentious full of, I don't know, snotty... Know it all. Talking of the Academy and Awards, people, and yet I still really like it. It's Sunday, February the seventh. The Academy Awards are on Sunday, February, Sunday, March the seventh. So we're exactly a month away from those. Hmm. Um, so this is after the show number one hundred and eight. The movie, w- and it's sorry, Sunday, February the seventh, two thousand and ten. And the movie we're looking at this week is New York, comma, I love you. I didn't have a comma for the marquee. Did not. There isn't a comma in my whole. I we are. To explain, we have a marquee above our home theatre room where I put the, like you do outside the theatre, put the letters for the movie that's coming up. It doesn't require a ladder or a big stick. But there was no comma, so (laughs) I had to say, New York, I love you. Down there. So anyway, it's New York, I love you. Um, And this is a Blu-ray release that we're looking at from Vivendi. That's a new one to us. Mm. I don't think we've ever had Vivendi before. Um, And... It's out on Blu-ray on Tuesday the 2nd of February, which was this Tuesday, so you can pick it up now in North America and Canada. And you're going to tell us what it's about. You're so... <laughs> you're what? very funny. You're like, America and Canada. Did yes. you say North America and yes. Canada? Yes. 
Canada is part of North America. I know. Okay, I'm just <laughs> just clarifying. But it is a different. I know you're from another continent, and it yet you really should know. It is a different zone. <laughs> Let's say that retail zone. New okay. York is on this continent. Just uh-huh. so you know. And the synopsis of the movie? Are you kidding me? It's New- a what do you call it? Is it? Do we ever look up what the term is for this? I think act? we said collage, pastiche. Whatever. It's one of those A bunch things. of different stories of characters all in the same thing. They don't necessarily crisscross. Eleven stories. But the overall theme, as it always is with these movies, Magnolia, Shortcuts, L.A. Stories, they're all come to the same conclusion. That we're all broken and damaged and lonely. And we're looking for someone and we... We, we might miss them by accident in a city of 8 million people like in these stories. Or we might find them by accident. Or we have Chance, someone. coincidence. Yeah, or we have someone, but it isn't right. And there's a whole city of people that I'm just trying to reference some of the different stories. And yet we're, we're kind of stick ourselves in. We're stuck in that situation in our mind. We don't have other options. And then people who just miss each other. They, they kind of tap along, maybe meet, say hello, or some other experience. And maybe they should be together, but just keep on going. And then they're lost to each other. That's what it is about to me. There's different couples involved and some... And it kind of taps on, like, um, okay, let's say, like, one night stands. Long, old, like a 63-year-old marriage. Um, maybe a middle-aged, semi-broken marriage. Um... There's an artist who admires a, a young woman, wants to paint her. Probably is lonely. She's lonely, but, you know, kind of that lost opportunity thing. Unless, um, there's a hot prostitute and a filmmaker. And there's a, aside from the movie, it's <clears throat> 11 different things directed by 11 different directors. Oh, was there 11? Yes. All right. Um, <laughs> I wasn't keeping score. You know... And it's an ensemble cast, let's say that. It's actually a really star-studded cast if you put it all together. Not that they all appear in the same scenes together, but there's a lot of faces you will know. So, um, the movie, let's, uh, we just watched the movie. Um, now, let me give you my, uh, opinion on this movie. I like these type of movies. They're quite, I've said before, they're probably my favourite type of movies. Different crisscrossing threads. Um... And when this one opened, the opening scene, I um, thought it was... It felt pretentious to me. Yes. Like... Immediately. Like film school... In fact, I was so like, oh gosh. Well, I didn't know what to expect, to be honest. So the opening scene had some really nice shots of New York, but it was... As soon as it was a taxi cab, as soon as that part happened... Yep. I thought, oh dear, this is not going to be great. And it was the guy from The Hangover who got into the taxi. Um, And it just felt pretentious. But in these kind of films, and this was the thing I wanted to make a point of here, it's like 11 different little movies. So if you don't particularly like one, at least in 15 minutes you're probably going to get another (laughs) that hopefully you do like. Now, in this case, it actually improved. Well, no, it didn't. There was the taxicab one, and then there was one with Hayden Christensen, which I wasn't into. But then it got better. Not that Hayden Christensen was bad or anything. It's just there's a certain a vibe to that actual. I don't know who directed that one, but the the, the overall it, it was trying to be cool, trying too hard. Yeah, um, and that kind of I had a sour taste in my mouth for like 15 minutes. 
But then there was ones that I did like. Mm-hmm. So it's a hodgepodge of like, I didn't like it, I did like it. And every time I kept thinking, I don't, I don't think I'm really enjoying this, then something came up that I did enjoy. So to me, it's not an overall success, but there's parts that I plucked out for myself, you know? And to me, it is overall. I enjoyed the experience of it overall. And just by saying that, some of these stories and some of the characters I don't care about, and then all of a sudden here comes somebody that you do, and then all of a sudden there's, you're kind of neutral, that that perfectly explains the concept of putting together a collage of all different stories, because that's life. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't mind that. It kind of gives you all different emotions. In fact, that emotion of being like, oh my word, here we go. This is going to be like the most obnoxious um, filmmaking 101. We oh, want to be cool and be very New York. And I don't even know what that means, but I'm assuming... Metropolitan. And in the artsy-fartsy, actorly, filmmaker, director kind of way. <laughs> Which, yeah. I, basically I'm talking out of my ass, but I think I know what I mean. No. And then you come across, and the problem always is, boils down to, not necessarily, not the look of it, or even the dialogue, but it's those characters... And the funny thing is, in some of these little bits, they're only like five minutes long, maybe six minutes long, right? But you're almost instantly, because of the dialogue or the person themselves, that actor, whatever, you're into it all right right away. And then other ones, you don't care about that character because they seem, you know, like, that's a guy I wouldn't like. So all of a sudden, you don't care. You want to get through that one. Well, they're in a city. They'd be guys you didn't like. Correct. Exactly. So... That kind of makes it all kind of, like, stimulating. It gave me the feeling of flitting around a city. You know, there's a million things happening in a city at any one time. Or or more. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And it did give me the feeling of flitting around, you know. Now, this film's not really... It doesn't really go anywhere. It's not like an overarching story, as in, like, yes, people do tie back to each other and stuff, but it's more of a moment in time yeah, piece where, exactly. where you're not you don't at the end you don't get a whole big it doesn't all come together and you go wow so that's how it all fits together it can if you look at it like now looking at back at it I put it together as a story of relationships and people but not that linear kind of a story no it's but more, I put it together as a story of life told through these different sets of people you know what I mean there's young love there's uh Young love, like starting out, brand new, like, oh my god, never, you know, young, young. And then there's the old couple who are, this young couple who's like teenagers, could be in the next 60 years kind of thing. So that to me is the arc, as you will, that you see relationships at all these different stages, the reasons why people are together. And they all had to, there was rules given to the directors when they made these movies, which I was just reading about on IMDb, and the rules were like... Each movie had to represent a different part of New York, like like Queens or Coney Island or all the different. Each one, each each shot had to represent a different part. They only had two days to film each shot, and the script had to be under a certain amount of pages. I can't remember how many it was. Eight. So it was also a kind of an experimental thing in that way because and the budget I'm assuming wasn't massive for each one of these things 
Um, and they're all quite different, aren't they? Because you can feel a different director's mm-hmm. presence immediately as soon as a new thing starts. Oh, I disagree with that. I don't think they're that much different. Other than I think some of them place. are insanely them, different. Yeah. Cinematography, the, everything changes. Like um, Now, there's one particular scene which I'm assuming... There's one with Shia LaBeouf in it and John Hurt and don't Julie Christie. All oh, right. Um, and... That one in particular, I really liked, even though I don't feel like I understood what was happening. Yeah, me too. It was almost David Lynchian, um, nonsensical. I'm sure it made complete sense to. The, in fact, you know, the, when the movie ended and it said it was uh, in tribute to Anthony Mingello. He's the one who. He's wrote the that one, one who wrote that part, but he didn't direct it because he he'd already died. Well, before he even got a chance to direct it, um, but I don't actually think I understood it hundred percent. I feel like I have my own... I don't want to spoil it, but I feel... Yeah, yeah. Like when you watch it, I, th- I think you'll have your own um, opinion of what it meant. But I don't 100% think it was supposed to mean one thing. It was ambiguous, right? Did it mean something to you? Kind of, yeah. But I don't want to say, because... But do you feel that maybe it didn't mean that? That was just what you're thinking. No, I'm not sure. Because it was odd, but it was beautiful. I mean, yeah. the cinematography of that one in particular struck me as completely different to all the others. Um, and there was another one that really stood out for me and it was kind of a nothing one but I, I really liked it a lot and it was the one with um, the little girl walking in, this, in Central yeah, Park with that's the, good one, with her father yeah, it was it's kind of nothing not just nothing, but, well to me though it had it almost, I was I had a bit of fear yeah that this is going to be one that's got a tragedy involved or something, and I didn't know how, why I was feeling that way. But it, and it then the tragedy really, is that, a was this Natalie Portman's? Uh, I think Natalie Portman yeah, directed the look, it. Yeah, it was just uh, and Natalie Portman's um, not actually directed anything before. This was a debut. This little shot, it was just really well filmed, and an actual slice of life. I just felt like I was following some people, and they were just saying some stuff. And yet, in that short thing. You got a whole a lot of information. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't want to spoil it, but who they eventually bump yeah. into, just in a few lines of dialogue, you understand where where things are between everybody. Yeah, it, I just thought it was really well done. Uh, you know, and uh, I think that sums up this movie. Most of the little movies, they're just they're just small moments of things, and they just you know come together well. The one with the old people as well. While that one was kind of real, it was actually hilarious. Yeah, because it was very realistic. Um, and then there was, and this was just basically two old people walking down the street, just conversing with each other, you know. And it, and it actually, the conversation is kind of about if being together married, for a long time. If you're married, you'll find it even funnier. Yeah, like, it, it, or if you've been, you know, like these, they've been married for sixty-three like 60, years. Yeah. It, it's their 63rd anniversary. You know, and you've everybody's seen old people who act like they know each other so well. They act a certain way. I don't way think you have to get old. I think you and I well, fit that bill. I think old is more pronounced. I mean, you know, old people, there's also a certain... Yeah, but even it, it described to me that aging thing, but also just marriage. A relationship of two people who, in the middle of this entire world, you and I, for example, you are with each other... Only because you've chosen to stay with each other, right? I mean, marriage is one thing, or your relationship, your children, but you have actually choose every day to stay with this person for whatever reasons, 
And there's just a, there's a thing, you know? Like, the way you say something and the way you react. It's quite funny. Like, I've told you 50 times. And then if someone else came along and said the same thing to you, it would be totally different. But because there's some weird... You make your own little bubble. And that's what these people were to me. They had their little marriage relationship bubble. and Yeah, and then, then there's another one that's directed by Brett Ratner, the director of Rush Hour. That's actually a really good one, too. But it's very different to the others because uh, it's kind of whimsical. The teenage one? Yeah, yeah, yeah I love one. that one. Yeah. And I think... That's one of my favorites. I think, actually, that one... Has the most full story kind of yeah thing. it feels like it feels and, and it's really it's a fun one because it's actually a fun idea and I think James Kahn <laughs> gives one of the best performances in the entire movie to me it didn't feel like he was trying he was being him yeah he wasn't putting on a lot of people were putting on New York accents I noticed which came across to me sometimes I was like please don't do that just speak how you speak because you don't need yeah bit. Natalie yeah. Palmer was one I was thinking of in particular it doesn't matter that you don't sound like you're from New York because a lot of people don't. There's, everybody lives there. <laughs> right. And that's actually one of the ideals, that, one of what this film's about. Like, cultural, Lots of cross-culturalism. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, a lot of the directors are from different cultures. Um, but yeah, the Brett Ratner one in particular is kind of... It actually gets quite heavy up to that point and then that lifts the mood, lifts the mood a little bit because it is kind of funny. Yeah. But still also... It's one of my favourites. Kind of sad in a little way too I, I, it's kind of it's odd it's an odd one but it's different from all the others is yeah. what I'm saying and then I don't I don't want to spoil all of them but they're we haven't spoiled anything we haven't told them anything I mean we've told them <laughs> there's some, old people yeah. and there's some young people and we're, yeah. you know so, you gotta experience it just know that it's about relationships and like I said these movies always come around in my mind the overriding thing is we're all lonely and we're all looking for someone in our own way there's a girl walking around with the camera filming things all the time an artist who paints people right and a dancer and uh you know actor there's an actress yep kind of interesting when a you prostitute. think about all the different yeah and a, a writer the guy writes it's different people everyone's perspective perspective on the city and on finding love and you know yeah is love what you think it is and of course there's the princess bride lady who i love dearly yeah robin wright ben i just honestly oh i just i was gonna say also that i uh, just want to mention that there's also a movie called paris je t'aime which is paris i love you which is a series of 20 short films done like this now from what i read this is the sequel to it but then what I also read was this is an unofficial sequel to it and people are in different camps as to whether it is or it isn't. But anyway, from what I can gather, just, yeah. i never seen the Paris film, but from what I can gather, that is superior to this one. Put it on the in Netflix fact, it's very, it's very beloved, the Paris one. I'd never actually heard of it, but it, it's directed by people like the Coen brothers. Put it on the list, man. Yeah, but... Um, <laughs> I'm loving the Netflix thing because I can just watch... Anything. We cancelled the cable. I'll poke this in there right now instead of later. Today was the only day when I have felt like reaching for the TV and turning on. We cancelled the cable last week. Because when I cook, I have on Food Network. But then it passes quickly. I turned on the radio and I was fine. But Netflix, I've been really... Oh yeah, I've been using Netflix every day, <laughs> to be honest. Um, so, 
Yeah, there is a Paris version of this kind of... But that one came first, so it's not a version of this movie at all. It is... It's it, the original... And, and even then, it's not the original idea. No, but it's the same vibe, but in Paris. Um, and that also stars a lot of famous people. Uh, yeah, I will have to see that one, because yeah. I enjoyed this, and if that's even better, and it's the original, which they generally are, it'd be, it'd be cool to see. So, um, moving on to the cast of this movie, and this is... You know, a lot of people, so we'll just go through them quickly. We got, like, a Bradley Cooper as Gus. Now, that's the guy from The Hangover, right? Don't know. The guy in the cab. Which guy? One on the left or right? The blondie the one who got the in the right. cab twice? The one on the right got in the cab twice. Okay. Yeah. Um, I actually thought I didn't like him in the first one, but I liked him in the second one. I didn't like him at all. Did you not? No. No? Interesting. Shia LaBeouf is Jacob. Now, Shia LaBeouf's in... It's an interesting role. It's not Shia LaBeouf's normal role. True. I still... I'm actually still... That I think that was... It sticks out in my mind when I think of this whole movie. The Shia LaBeouf sequence sticks out in my yeah. mind. I, like I said earlier, I don't actually know what it meant. or I feel like I do, but I probably don't. But it's got to be something if I remember it. Because I really do remember it. It's, it's kind of right there at the front. Um, Shia LaBeouf was really good in Very it. Very good. Um... I look forward to more drama from him. Yeah, I do too. You know, and we see him running around being chased by stuff and it's kind of boring at this point to me. This was more like a... <laughs> but, You're right. He just runs around being chased. Yeah, eagle eye, transformers, <laughs> eye robot. You know, he runs around and shouts. <laughs> yeah. That's it, right? <laughs> so yeah, I want to see him. I think he can do real good drama, definitely. I mean, Indiana Jones also. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so there it is. Shia LaBeouf. And now... He's not. Disturbia. He's definitely not running. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not running. That's it. That's all right. So there's Sha- Natalie Portman plays Rifka. Um, I like that story. Um, I did. I don't know if she was the best thing in this movie or anything. Uh, there's something a bit... Mm, I agree. I don't know. I, th- I think she was trying too hard to be the character. I agree. That's exactly it. If you know what I mean. Yeah, Rather yeah. than just be... Her. Where she's got like a dual thing going on. She's there to make kind of a cutthroat deal on some yeah. diamonds. And yet, in her story, she's being submissive to a very strict religious... Or ma- a, a, a it's a really interesting and story. Yeah. And the guy she plays alongside... But she I seems to be more of an urban, worldly young woman. And yet, she's about to marry into a very strict, closed down, in her mind even way of life and that all, all this other stuff's gonna go away and you get all that but it, yeah I think she was trying a little too hard but I still love her I love Natalie Portman yeah I do too uh, Orlando Bloom is in there as David I like now, that one too I forgot about I that did, one no <laughs> see this is funny isn't it because I just read his name there and thought oh yeah I forgot about that I one. know that's so true. why do I remember the Shia LaBeouf one and forget that one even though that one was quite good because it was near the beginning I guess and we never got referred to back no. back to it again no, but that was a good one it's a good one and that one also features Christina Ricci mm-hmm. as a Camille um, I like that one yeah so did I I don't want to give anything no, away no. but it is a, a good it's interesting Orlando Bloom you know yep. to see him in a different way and without an American accent strangely yeah, enough his makes, own accent makes a change and he wasn't <laughs> even trying to be a New Yorker um, well he was kind of a little bit no, I think he's just a Tortured musician guy. Oh. Robin Wright Penn, as Anna, you've already mentioned. 
she was fantastic. She was. I loved that that relationship. I loved that moment. I loved that it was a defining moment. Looked like for she and her husband. Yep. Hayden Christensen as Ben. Now, one thing, Hayden Christensen. I really like him, right? Because that shattered glass, I think, is I think that's his his pinnacle as far as I'm concerned, which is a movie from a while ago. In this one, and I said to you, it bothered me. I felt like he was impersonating, and I said Marlon Brando, but you said James Dean. But that kind of deal, um, it was almost pouty. like he was doing an impersonation, and it was like really pout- off-putting. Yeah, like pouty and trying to be too cool, too metropolitan, yeah. slick, maybe uh, pickpocket, that's, con man kind of dude, that's, but tormented by this chick. And did you realize it was the same? The photo and the girl and the, yeah, and there was seemed to be no. no. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea why. I think he was trying to be clever, but it... Yeah. I don't know. I was more confused than anything, but... Yeah. And I do like him, too, but that, I think, throw him in the mix, and because he's not a seasoned... Um... I don't know. I would... I don't like to compare anything, but... I get the vibe of a Keanu Reeves kind of... Yeah, it's ...career, not- where he gets stuck, unfortunately, in a certain wooden kind of and then when he go, tries to go outside of that but he's absolutely capable of because Shattered Glass shows it I mean that character was nervous and awkward and wooden and it, to be honest he kind of was a different thing in that really bad one with the jumper jumper yeah jumping that one with the jumper jumper <laughs> <laughs> and I mean I, it wasn't a great movie or anything it but it was a different movie. way of, of seeing him which wasn't you know what I mean the least breaking out so I was I didn't like that story anyway. I don't like when you get a tough guy dicking around with the you know, sit down, sit down. You know, that guy even. I'm not a big fan of his. You mean the Godfather guy. Garcia guy. Isn't it Andy Garcia? Yeah, he was also in the Godfather. Hey, that's funny. Uh, James Caan and Andy Garcia. First time in a movie since the Godfather together? But they weren't together. They weren't together, you're right. They're in the same movie, but probably not the same city. <laughs> so, um, who else we got? We got uh, Ethan Hawke as writer. I really like that one. I really like Ethan Hawke. Yeah, and he was really smart ass, kind of. Yeah, and then kind of got it man. fed to him on a plate there. Cause yeah. <laughs> <laughs> knowing that as he's doing his little spiel, wasn't his in best his night. mind, it had to be like, holy shit, you know, she's really, she's really. She's going for it here. Mm-hmm. She's just she's not smacking me or walking away. And then <laughs> he's a chancer, like, a... Yeah, but not really. I mean, he's no. he's a wordy writer type who, of course, everyone boils down to being a lonely individual. Yep, John Hurt <clears throat> as a waiter. Yeah, um, not in it very of not in it only in it for like the one your favorite. Yeah, the weird one that doesn't make, doesn't kind of make the Shia LaBeouf one. Mm-hmm. He's not in it very much. I mean, he's literally, what, three, four lines? Yeah. Um, I really like John Hurt. But the Hurt. vibe is there. Yeah, totally. John Hurt's class. Um, he's getting old. Delicate. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then there's James Caan, which I think might be my favorite one. Because it's real small part, but I've, I bought him completely. Like, he's a chemist. A pharmacist. Pharmacist, you call it, yeah. Um, in a small little pharmacy thing. In New York. Like yeah, just a, And I'd buy that he'd been stood behind that thing for 30 years. That's what he felt like, you know? He crops up in another one as well. He does. Sopranos chick. Yeah, he does, and it's... And it's him. I mean, yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, I thought he was perfect. Um, you know, I love that guy. I mean, 
He's in the Godfather for Christ's sake. That uh, doesn't make him good. Uh, well, I mean, as I've loved him since then. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Let's be honest. Didn't he get? He was sunny, right? He. He bit the dust, man. Oh, you just spoiled the Godfather. <laughs> yeah, for the two people <laughs> who are listening to this who haven't seen it. You just you just ruined it. <laughs> Rewind. Francis Ford Coppola's role in his grave. So, um, what else we got? We got Chris Cooper, who I really like a lot as Alex. Who's he? Who's he? Come on, Chris Cooper. Who's he? The guy stood outside the restaurant. Oh, okay, the guy from American Beauty. That's where I was thinking of him from. Correct. The, fa- the really asshole father guy. Yeah, I really like him. Um, yeah, yeah. It's uh, and I'm going to say it's a small role, but most people's role in this is small. <laughs> yeah. Nobody really is on the screen for more than five minutes. It's good though. He's with uh, Princess Bridewoman and uh, Robin Wright. That's right. one of my favorite stories of all because it's very telling. You get to the point. There's a lot said with just some, you know. They have, seems to me, they have about the most dialogue. Yeah, that one's completely dialogue driven. But there again, so is the one she's with Ethan Hawke and Maggie Q. True, true. Oh, Maggie Q's awesome. Yeah, I didn't write Maggie Q. Oh, down, she's but Maggie awesome. Maggie Q's also in it. She's really awesome. Yeah. She's subtle and I don't know, I really like her. And then last I'd wrote down, and this, this I haven't covered everybody here, but last I'd wrote down Cloris Leachman as Mitzi. Um, and that, <laughs> she's, the, she's the other half of the old people um, yeah. story. And I forget the old guy's name, but he was like 90-something. 93 and she's 83. Pretty amazing. Um, and I, I like the story. If you watch the extras, there's a really funny story that the yeah. director of that one tells. But yeah, there's more people than that in this movie. I just think it was a really good cast. I think it was hit or miss. Some people were really class. You said you love the guy who was the diamond dealer. I really do. Yeah. I, I don't know who he is. But I feel like I see... Was he from Slumdog Millionaire? Maybe. Like the guy who actually reads the questions. Maybe. I feel that that's that guy. Hmm. I'll have to look that up, but, you know, I've seen him before, obviously. I, I know I have, and he is another one. And his story that he tells about his wife is just an awesome little, you know. Yeah, see, no, we <laughs> were talking about this movie, and then at the beginning we was like, and when we come out of this movie, I said to you, I don't know 100% if I like that. Now, when I'm thinking, like, I'm talking <laughs> about individual parts, I feel like I liked it. That's what I'm saying. That's why I was saying, like, I did like it overall. Yeah. Because it takes you up, down, then you go neutral, then you're like, oh, this is obnoxious, and then you go, I don't identify with this, and then the next moment you're like, oh, I don't identify yeah. with that. And it's not like you've, you're you're watching two characters, like, in a love story through, for an hour and a half. No, because, like, yeah, exactly. If you get into a movie and it's a love story and you really don't buy them or identify Correct. with them, You're then you've got an hour and a half of that. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I say these movies, maybe you could say ADD kind of movie. Because, like, if you're bored, you might be not bored in a minute and then you might be bored again, you know. So I don't know. Um, I disagree. I think ADD person would really not like it because it does go on and on and on. It's the same same kind of thing over so I just want to list these directors um, <clears throat> we won't go into what they did before or anything but it was directed by a bunch of people and I'm going to butcher a bunch of names but here we go we got Faith a- Faith Aiken y- Yvan Attell Alan Hughes Shunji Iwai Wen Jiang Joshua Marsden uh, Mira Nair I don't know if that's right Brett Ratner Randall Bolsmeyer, Shekhar Kapoor. I've heard of that one before. I've heard of that person. And Natalie Portman. Anyway, they're all the directors. I've heard of that who, person. Yeah, we've heard of that <laughs> one. And then um, 
So let's move on to DVD extras. There's also a couple of... Yeah, I was going to say. Other directors who I've not mentioned there. So there are a couple of shorts that were cut from the final product. Apparently when this first was shown in film festivals and stuff, it did have those incorporated, but they were removed. And I can understand why they were removed. So the bonus segments, as they're called, on the extras of the Blu-ray... One is the first one's directed by Scarlett Johansson, and it stars Kevin Bacon, and it's Vagabond, Vagabond. Shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked it, but it doesn't fit the vibe yeah, of the standalone. Movie. It's just a nice standalone. Short. It's really nice. If you yeah. totally, and Kevin Bacon's. If you totally go, it's a little. It's bit, a silent movie almost. Yeah, it's a well, little. It is. It's a little over. It's a little slammed in your face kind of stuff. You know, it's yeah. a little too basic for me. But the overall idea was that he's closed up and afraid of things and to himself and alone of course as everyone is ultimately this is one of those that I think the problem was there is no there's no counterpoint to this person every other segment has a lonely person looking for a lonely person this is just a lonely person but his love turns out to be something else yes exactly (laughs) and then the other one is by Andrzej Zekinovsky a Russian director I didn't like that one at all to be honest it was about a would you say it was very and I don't mean this in a negative way but I think you might say yeah that's it it's very European because it's kind of complete voyeuristic a young man filming a situation that he knows nothing about and that's all he knows about it and then discovers a book left behind that's Russian or something and then you're like okay yeah I don't like, care you... I don't care that whatever was happening over there and or what are you trying to say like that's what I what is what I felt oh I wasn't I don't need him to say anything to no, me no not him <laughs> I mean what is this trying to what What am I taking away from this is that your criteria for every one of them absolutely not but like <laughs> this one this one in particular I didn't it didn't resonate with me at all like whereas the Kevin Bacon one probably wouldn't with people as well but something did right maybe it was the cinematography which I thought was really good in the Kevin Bacon one Mm, I thought it was pretty basic I really liked the train Mm -hmm. sequence in particular yeah but it's just boom 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 I mean it's pretty 101 kind of stuff don't you reckon no I don't think so and it was in sepia tune sepia tape whatever it's called tone so there are two bonus segments they probably total 10 minutes altogether they're not not particularly long but they've got credits front and back and everything so you can see them and you do realise the woman in the one you didn't like is from Sin City yes I did Um, and now there's also the theatrical trailer for this movie which I don't really see as an extra (laughs) and five director interviews now unfortunately they don't interview Natalie Portman Um, but they do interview we Brett Ratner was interviewed they're all they're all pretty interesting interviews, and the the one in particular, what what we really liked was the one for the old people, the guy who directed that, and he tells a really interesting story about a, about how the old guy, how he dealt with the old guy and directed, yeah, yeah, and how, well, I was going to say how he directed the old guy, but no, how the old guy directed him, right? It, it just kind of sort a, of highlighted to me though how self-absorbed actors and directors really are. That's what I got out of that. So story. that's a good thing, right? <laughs> That's not a good thing. That just makes no, I mean, it all that, seem that, like that very self-important. Like, ugh, so that's know. that's you know as far as that go, as far as the Blu-ray goes, that is all that is available on there. Um, there's no commentary. I don't know how they would have done a. Com- oh, I guess they would have had to get the specific directors into each segment. 
but that wasn't done. Um, there's a coupon code inside to get five free love songs from Amplified.com. Hmm. Um, Do you have to sign up for something? No, just enter this code and download five love songs. <laughs> I don't know if there's a choice of love songs or you just get the five that they give you, but hey, it's in there. Um, so, yeah, picture quality and audio quality. Audio quality is really good. Picture quality, it's hard to say on a film like this because they use different film stocks, different techniques, different everything, but overall looked sharp and clear. Yeah. Um, but, you know, don't expect it to look like Avatar. It's not like all on the same film grade. No, but it's just a movie. Like, I mean, it's just a movie in a city. It doesn't have to look like anything specific. I'm not saying... I'm talking about people who buy... Like, it's available on DVD and Blu-ray. Right. I'm saying people who are aficionados of visuals and everything. This is all done on different cameras by different people, by different film stocks. It looks different scene to scene, so... Yeah. Don't expect, like, a amazing crystal clear transfer the entire time because some of it is actually done blurry on purpose like because there's a lot of I don't remember any blurriness oh there was loads there was like defocus shots of lights in windows that was on purpose that's what I just said it some oh. of it was actually done on purpose <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you make it sound like that's a bad thing no I'm saying that that's it isn't a bad thing it's on purpose I'm saying that I it's think director's anyone intent. who watches movies will know that even if they're picky about the visuals they'll know that looking uh, at a woman I'm just in a distance out, uh, from a, a review perspective <laughs> of visuals. Uh, Blu-ray is, you know, high definition, 1080p. It looks great, but varies from shot to shot. Is what I'm saying. It isn't a standard movie where it was all done on the same camera, right? Because everybody had a different one. So um, that's DVD extras. Uh, conclusion: I absolutely say see it because it's not your average film. You get me. Yeah, I mean, it's very similar to any other movie like this. It, it They didn't invent uh, the wheel here. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, like, every week, or most week, you see a Hollywood yeah. studio movie. Yes, this is a Hollywood studio movie also. Of course. Um, but... We don't want to pretend it's, like, independent just because No, it absolutely isn't, yeah, because no. who's in it? I mean, it's. I mean, maybe they all did it for free. Yeah, but. that doesn't make it independent. I'm saying it actually isn't at all. It's highly produced and highly edited yeah. and all that kind of stuff, so... It's got an air of... Big pre- money behind air it, Air of pretentiousness. A little bit. Definitely. Like, like a piece of Blackpool rock. It's kind of right through the middle of it. Um, sometimes not there, sometimes there, but... There's definitely a smack of I don't know of what you're talking about. What's Blackpool Rock? It's like a candy from England, and it you buy it in Blackpool. It's people, British people are saying, what is she talking about? It's like a, a rock candy. Right. And they print a name all the way through the middle of it. So when you slice it, it's, it'll say, like, Blackpool Rock or, right. or SidTalk.com all the right. way through it. So it's printed all the way through the rock. So what I'm saying is, if this was a piece of Blackpool Rock, the word potentious might go all the way through oh, the middle. Oh, right. But it might not be printed properly in the middle, and in <laughs> certain sections. That's what I'm getting at. That's the most creative. <laughs> the most creative. Is that an analogy, even? Only if you're sure. British will you understand the analogy. I understand it now. I'm yeah. thinking. I'll show think, you some Blackpool Rock. I think rock. it's actually spot on, as you would say. It's, yeah. it's a spot yeah. on analogy. Let's have a cup of tea. I have one, thank you. Um, so... <laughs> I, I actually recommend it. I can't say it's the greatest film in the world. I think you've come to like it more now than into this conversation. Because I've talked myself into it. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, it's not the greatest film in the world. There are definitely really weak parts and parts that I absolutely don't like. I would, 
if I watched it again, I might not even watch a certain like section. skip to that chapter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I'm sure you can. With The chapter stops are probably in where they, where they start and stop. Um, but overall, I enjoyed it, which I can't say for every movie that I watch. So True. for me, it's a recommend. I, I recommend agree. you see it. So uh, I wouldn't recommend it to everybody. It's got a certain sensibility. I mean, you know. The same with any movie that of this type. It just takes a certain... Slightly arty. Certain temperament. Not, yeah. Impatient level. And you have to understand, yeah, the artsiness of it. Because there's lots of reference to artsy uh-huh. people. Yeah, yeah. And Even so, the girl who's making the films. Yeah. And that thing is real. You know, I was, I was watching some of that on YouTube the other day, and that was really funny. Because there's a lady, I think it was in Chicago, who was... Her art installation... Mm-hmm. was videos projected on the side of a building and at that's... night in the middle of the city. Right. So there is that in this movie, which you might think, that's a weird... But no, that I, is a yeah. real thing, yeah. I, didn't, I knew it was... Yeah, yeah, but some people might be like, what the hell, what is that? Like, can people really do that? Because I've never seen it. But yeah, it is... Yeah. Based on kind of cool stuff. It's all based on life. Yeah. Yeah, overly cool, maybe. So, uh... <laughs> Thanks to Vivendi for providing us with the uh, movie. And next week's movie will be Whip It. Whip It Good. How much How much of a thing is it for Vivendi for it to hear us say we've talked ourselves into like... Yeah. <laughs> actually did, oh, I did like it overall, well, but I mean... Overall, we liked it, so that's a good so thing. So we're saying to you, as you're watching it, you might not be in love with it, but think of it... After you come out of it. Take out, yeah, the sum yeah. of... The, what is it? The sum of the whole is greater than the... Whatever. <laughs> Who said that? Roy Orbison. <laughs> was he a mathematician? Yes. Or whatever. <laughs> he was a mathematician with a guitar. <laughs> so um, next week's movie is Whip It, which is Drew Barrymore's um, directorial Nothing to do with debut. Devo. Nothing to do with Devo. That we know of. <laughs> but Drew Barrymore um, direct a uh, first direct directorial debut. Okay, so that'll be on Blu-ray and we'll be reviewing that next week. Uh, movie re- recommendations for this week. Um, I have actually said both of these before, but I'm going to say them again because they actually fit perfectly with this movie. Number one being Chicago Cab, a.k.a. Hell Cab. We won't go into it again, but yeah. A.k.a. Hell Cab, if you're looking for it on Amazon or whatever to buy it, um, you might find it under Hell Cab. Hell Cab means nothing to do with the movie. It's actually called Chicago Cab. I don't even know what the deal is with it. Mm -mm. But um, if you can find it, it's very similar to this movie. Mm, I disagree. Um, If not, the superior movie, I think. I don't think it's similar at all, except that you have different people's stories. It's completely different. It's about love and loss in Chicago rather than... Yeah. I mean, it's not... It's not Hell Cab, let me say that. <laughs> it's just story of people. It's right. like this, story of... Different people. Relationships. Uh, and the other one is uh, Robert Altman's Shortcuts, which is... I only saw, like, two years ago. It's um, a tour de force, that one. Yeah, it's absolutely great. It lasts, like, three hours. It's quite slow build-up. In fact, it's quite... It, it isn't, doesn't really go anywhere. It's I think it was slow... just last year you watched it, with Tim Robbins. And yeah. That's Shortcuts, right? With yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris Penn and... Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's actually a it's like because I like Magnolia obviously and it's you know Paul Thomas Anderson got inspiration from Shortcuts and I could totally see when I watched it yes exactly but it's very slow it's not really building to anything but you feel it but you feel like it is you feel like oh something really horrible and it's a the reason I mention it is it's different stories merged that kind of cross paths 
Did you mention that you finally bought Magnolia on Blu-ray? I did, yeah. And we will review it very soon, when I can fit it in. We haven't watched it on... We should just do it a week with another one. We should. Um, And your recommendations are? My recommendations are... Because I didn't want to be Miss Obvious and mention other movies that are of this type, like somebody else. So I decided, uh, you know, seeing Shia LaBeouf in this brief but dramatic thing, I thought about him. We have basically seen him from the beginning, you and I, because we watched uh, Project Greenlight. He was in a movie called Battle of Shaker Heights, which came from that show on HBO, and it's the very beginning of Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, because he was nothing. He went for an audition. Right. If you want to start there... It's not a fantastic movie or anything, but it's good. It's a little charming, semi-independent, but not really, because it's paid for by Miramax. Miramax. Um, But, I mean, he's young, and it's a good upstart little movie. And the other one is Tape, because I really liked Ethan Hawke and his bit on this. Even though the person he's portraying I would find extremely obnoxious, I felt he did it perfectly. And then in Tape, it's a really intense high-strung, but very closed-up thing. There's only three people. They're in one hotel Yeah, room. I barely remember the entire story. I don't remember what happened. Oh, it's, but it's I remember good. the movie. It's intense. Yeah. Like, it's a real... And it's another one about relationships and the perceptions of relationships and all that kind of stuff. And uh, so, tape and the Battle of Shaker Heights. Okay. So, um, games and a scully stuff. This week I bought Chime, which I mentioned last week, off uh, Xbox Live Arcade. It's available now. It's 400 Microsoft points, which is $5. And 60% of your $5 goes to children's charities around the world. Um, it's a really good game. You saw the game this week. It's mm-hmm. kind of like a cross between Tetris and Lumines, I would say. It's about coverage. You have to cover a grid 100% with these shapes. Um, it uses music from popular artists such as Moby, uh, Orbital... I'm Philip Glass from Kayane Scatsy, mm. which I uh, mentioned to you. Uh, if you've never seen the movie Kayane Scatsy, look it up on the internet, on IMDb. Can you spell that for us? It's really difficult to spell. It's like a <laughs> Russian word. But look uh, up Philip Glass. Look up the, mu- the movies he he's the done music, music for. for. Yeah, and it's Kayane Scatsy. It was from, like, I think it was from late 70s. It's an amazing movie. Is that a one word? Kayane Scatsy? Yeah. yeah, and it's not a movie with a narrative. In fact, it does have a narrative. There's no words, there's no actors. It's just images and music. But it conveys a mood and a... But anyway, he does he does a musical piece for this game, Chime. I just wanted to mention Chime. It's hard to describe, but the money goes to charity, so why not? If you like Luminez, and if you like Tetris, yeah. and if you like Bejeweled, and those Anything kinds like of... Anything yeah. You're going to like it, because it's music... And you're kind of creating the music where you place the gems. Uh, yeah, I remember one time you're like, oh, I got the bass line, it must be doing good. <laughs> yeah, like if Moby's song starts kicking up, like you know you're doing well. So that's Chime. Um, well, I also got a week early before this hits the public, which will be next week, the Heavy Rain demo on the PS3. Now, Sony put out this OG, which is an argumented reality game thing, where it's like a, it's actually a promotional tool where they make a website and then you got to go and find clues. And they made it like a detective case. Now, I've been doing this this week and when I finally got out the other side of it, they give you a demo code a week early. So that's how I got a demo code. But anyway, Heavy Rain's the game I've been talking about for months. It's uh, David Cage. He's a French developer. It's a 
it's kind of like an art house video game in my opinion it's like it's off the beaten path it's European so it's kind of got different what would you say like European movies are different to American movies European games are also different to American games uh, we played the demo yesterday and you watched me play it what, what do you think um, I wouldn't like having to press the button every time you pick up a thing or do a thing in your pocket. Explain or what it is. Like, it's a- As you're doing stuff, everything that happens, you have to push it. I don't know the scheme on your in your hands, but it looked to me like as he's walking, these little white things pop up by his head or by his pocket, and that means you have to press the button to get not, him to do that Not thing. immediately. There's no No, rush. but you have to press that button to get that action to happen, all the way down to he has an asthma attack and you have to, like... Get the thing out of the pocket, lean against the wall, shake the thing, put it in. Each step, you have to interact with it. I wouldn't like that. See, that's what I do like. And during a fight, you have to... It's not a fight where you're just like... You have to like react to the buttons floating out in front of you. Like an image of the X button floats towards you, kind of, and then disappears. That's an interesting way of communicating the interface, I think. Yeah, I'm not a fast reactor. Right. I don't like that constant interaction. But then, then you'll get... If you're not a fast reactor when you're playing, and you do mess up, mess up, then your game will take a particular... Yeah, but I wouldn't stick with it, because I, I find that really frustrating. But it means no fail in this game. doesn't matter. I'd feel be frustrated, because I can't... Right. I don't perform well. But how about watching somebody but play? But watching you do it, I kind of got a headache, because it, you say it doesn't to you. I watched it the whole time, and it wiggles a little, a lot. It gets blurry and goes... It doesn't See, look awesome. These things, I don't... Um, you don't react... You, but then again, you're immersed in it, playing it. I'm just looking at it. Right. And there's a lot of this. And I'm moving my hands around, because the camera kind of just barely wiggles all the time. And maybe I'm overly... Yeah, I think you are. It just reacts. It just like, oh, you know, like, and then I have to focus. But anyway, let's like, get away from technical. Let's get away. Let's go to the st- story. Wise, it looks really interesting. Yeah, I think so. It looks like a like a movie or TV show that I would like to watch. Mm. It's about a serial killer called the Origami Killer who leaves an origami folded animal. Is it like a swan or something on the dead bodies? Now that's all we really know about it. Um, You play as these four characters. The demo gives you two of them to play as. Now, the first one's like a private eye, and I really enjoyed his scene. The second one's like a... Bionic man. (laughs) He's an FBI agent called Jaden. However. However, he wears these strange glasses. He's got some glasses and a glove that make him have some sort of superpower. It's like... um... Minority Report kind of interface thing yeah, in front yeah. of his eyes, and he can swipe things and access his database, and it's kind of a sci-fi take on an FBI agent, um, which I'm, I didn't hundred percent like. But then I was thinking about it, and it kind of translates well to a game because yeah, yeah, he needs a way of finding the clues and stuff. And how do you? And he's the opposite of the private eye guy, who just is kind of like this middle-aged chubby kind of worn down and um, all he's doing is knocking on doors vulnerable and, yeah talking that's all he can do is get the information out and he of seems it. like a good guy at heart like I got that from just this one scene he wasn't like a douchebag kind of some of these private eyes are like uh, not yet no but he seemed <laughs> like he cared and he just wanted to get to the bottom of this a child has been right kidnapped or killed murdered murdered he was left on the top of a heap of garbage or something yeah so yeah, I like and I 
you know, these you get two scenes and there's about 60 in the game. And each scene probably lasts 10, 15 minutes, right? 10 mm-hmm. minutes, maybe? Maybe 10. So, you know, it could end up being like a 10, 12-hour movie. <laughs> I think you would probably sit and watch me play that game and get into the story. If it didn't give me a headache. It's more, <laughs> it's more adult than other games. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's definitely, you know, this... A bit of swearing. There's going to be, in fact, the thing at the beginning that comes up says there's what nudity, swearing, drug use, sex, all, all those, all of the <laughs> violence, um, bloody violence. But I think it's well done. It's like graphically looks cool. It's like a different style. It's called Heavy Rain for a reason. There's a lot of rain in the game. It's to give you it. I feel that- like European. You said European movies are different, and that's true. I mean, if you've watched a lot of movies, I think they are. There's a there's sentiment. There's a darkness. That's to them as well. There's always this sort of like cut out the shit of all the gloss and trying to make everything look perfect as we would say a Hollywood glam- glamorous movie might. Right. And it always just cuts to it all the pain and the hurt and the suffering in the world and in life. Yeah. Not every European not movie. A I mean, to I'm it. not saying like every single movie and some are glossy and some are but there's just a different like we're not pretending all the time. That everybody's perfect and everything looks perfect and, you know, there's always a happy ending and all that stuff, so... And now, this game, I said that this game's probably going to um, flop. Well, putting this demo out, I was saying earlier, is probably a good move from Sony because all I've read about is people talking about it this week saying, I didn't know anything about this game, but I tried it. And after getting used to the weird controls, because everybody says it's weird controls, which I disagree with because, like you said... After five minutes, I was fine right, right. with the controls. Um, yes, it is different, but I wouldn't say weird, because it kind of works in this kind of game. Because it's not the kind of game where you need spot-on reactions. It's like a... More well, of a sometimes slow, you did. Sometimes you do, but it's more of a slow-paced, like, just experience this story through the eyes of these people. I think the controls work fine. But all I've read this week is, like, I didn't know anything about this. I tried the demo because, you know, the demo's free. You just grab it. And I'm actually going to buy it now because I want to know what happens to these people. Like, I, I like the idea of a story, you know? Right. Which I don't... I think people overlook. I think people just want to shoot stuff and... Yeah, like the one you said with the bodies found in the bathroom of the cafe and then... Which was the game by this guy. Right. Uh, Indigo Prophecy Fahrenheit, was it was called in Europe. But yeah, I really enjoyed that one too. Anyway, this game's out in two weeks. It's on the PS3 only. It's like an exclusive for Sony. I hope it does really well, because it's the kind of game... Do you buy it on their marketplace, or you have to buy a box? You buy a box, it's a Blu-ray, so... Um, yeah, you have to go and buy it. I've pre-ordered it. You get If you pre-order it, you get like a prequel that you do download off the marketplace, which is a scene that goes before the game. Did you the, watch it? No, it's actually a playable scene. You get it when you get the game. Oh, it's right. in the box, like a code that you download. The, but you only get it... If you pre-order. If you pre-order, yeah. So, yeah, you can get this prequel. And apparently they're going to do downloadable content for the game after the fact where there's additional scenes. I don't know if they've... So they say. Well, don't don't ever hold these people to their word. So um, the so the next thing is uh, we got a letter... I get quite a lot of uh, letters from listeners. But this one in particular... Who up until this point we've completely ignored? Well, no. I, 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 I do reply to some people. And, I know, but you never mention And them. some don't even ask me anything. They just say, thanks for the podcast. Awesome show! Yeah, that kind of thing. So, <laughs> this one in particular, and I'm probably... I don't want to say the full name, but I'm probably going to murder it anyway. It's either from Giles or Giles or Gills. 
<laughs> we don't know. One of those three guy. One of those three. Uh, a fella. A fella. Are you sure? Yeah, he's from Canada. So let me say that he said in this letter. I will read the letter. He says, "I do enjoy your podcast, both for the movie and game reviews. Thank you very much." No, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Um, and I was wondering if you could recommend a game for me. He says, I bought a PS3 mainly for the Blu-ray player, but visual beauty is very important to me. I figured games would be a bonus. I bought GTA 4 based solely on your recommendation. I was put off from buying it because of the controversy with the game, but it has become my favourite. I could do without the missions, but I love to drive around the city. (laughs) Right Uh, there, he had you at that. Because that's exactly how you feel. Exactly. And he says, I like the colours and the scenery and the freedom to explore, the rain, the sunset, but I wish it was in 1080p instead of 720p. Now, it's funny he says that. I played it on the Xbox 360 and it is in 1080p on the Xbox 360. And on the PS3 it was in 720p. No idea why. Right. But if you want to experience it in 1080p, get an Xbox 360. And play Um, it again. And he says, uh, could you recommend another game that is also beautiful to look at and allows the freedom to explore and admire, preferably in 1080p? I'm not a fan of corridors unless they have large ornate rooms with deep decor like Bioshock or Uncharted 2. Um, I own Uncharted 2 and Bioshock, and, and I'm considering buying Bioshock 2. I wish there was a version of Bioshock set before the fall, before the madness, so I could just walk around and explore the city. I also feel the same way. Um, Game reviewers rarely look at games from my point of view, and I feel that you might be different. Are there any games that Sid Talk finds beautiful? We'll answer these questions at the end of this. Hold on. Um, I know people who are not very mobile for medical reasons, who I think I could turn them on to games of this type. Oh, right. See, that that was the... Oh, right. See, that's why I was saying that this is very interesting email. So... Sincerely, Gills, Giles, Giles. <laughs> One of those guys. <laughs> You'll have to email me and tell me exactly what that was, or what your name really is, how it's pronounced. Because um, I don't like butchering people's names. So, in answer to this, I've thought about this all week, and it's been on my mind quite a lot, because I kept thinking to myself, I'm going to have to come up with an answer on this for the podcast this week. And it was very difficult. So... What was it? It just was very difficult. So my recommendations for games that you can explore and enjoy the beauty of. And there's not many, because you mentioned the most of them. Yeah. Um, the ones that I actually recommend right now that you can go and get is... Number one, Brutal Legend. Which is kind of an odd game to kind of recommend, but it's the Jack, the one that came out this year I've talked about before with Jack Black as the star. It's a heavy metal fantasy game. But the world is so well realised and it's all based on different heavy metal album covers. So all the all the famous heavy metal album covers of the 70s, like the Iron Maiden covers and the Kiss covers, each, each part of the world is actually based on one of those themes, like a motorhead cover and, you know. And you can just roam around? You can just drive around in your car, same as Grand Theft Auto. But it's a fantasy setting, but it looks beautiful. Like, some of it is stunning. There's like a... Because it's based on heavy metal. There's a... Like the White Cliffs of Dover, a big cliff face made up of martial stacks, you know, like these speakers that the oh, right, heavy right, metal... Right. Yeah, music is definitely the theme yeah, throughout. Yeah, exactly. Everything's based on... So I would recommend that as a 
drive around experience. Because your eye is going to be finding art. And it's really... The art design is amazing in it. I mean, it's not like a Grand Theft Auto because it's not based on anything real. But I, it's one that I had fun. And if just, you particularly like heavy metal music... Yeah, if you like heavy metal music, it's going to... Now, if you only like classical music, but if you like GTA and you get into that, then there's not a big leap there. And my other one, and this is one that will probably appeal to you more, and this one's... You, you already say you've got a PlayStation 3. Now, there's a game on the PlayStation Network, if you go on the PlayStation Store, and you'll find a game called Flower, which we talked about last year when it came out. Now, it's a hard-to-explain game, but it does run in 1080p, and it's absolutely amazing, mind-blowing visuals. Um, in uses, a different way. In a different way, but you are exploring a... World. We're just flying around, like, as a... As petal? a I'm petal in the wind. And it's you beautiful. Are... It's, it's about as beautiful as you can get, really. I mean, it's you're and a petal floating in the wind... I can't really explain the game because it's, it's kind of experimental. And it's beyond just looking beautiful because yeah. it looks nice, it's artsy, it's beyond that. It, it's the thing that when you were asking me about this, the difference between you and I and the visual beauty, for me it goes beyond that. There's an experience elevating you when you're in the middle of a game or you're in this world. You're actually, your senses and everything, you're elevated somehow. From the sitting in this chair in front of a computer in the middle of wherever you are. It takes you somewhere else. And your mind lifts up a bit. And you're like, oh my god. these uh, You don't even think about it anymore. As somebody wrote this and somebody drew this. You just get sucked into it. And it's lovely. Uh, and and it carries a, you. It's a real simple concept. Yeah. But, but it actually, throughout the five levels, it tells, this, it tells a story about mankind, basically. Mm-hmm. In, in a subtle way, but I think it's beautiful the entire time. And I think, apart from GTA, Flower, and it came to me at the last minute. In yeah, fact, just we were talking about it just before the show. I think Flower encapsulates your entire email, to be honest. And it costs like $5. Right. So you can't really lose. It's not going to last as long as GTA. And no, there's not an other... It's completely different, so don't try to think... It's a completely... It is an experience beyond being... You are interacting and you're making things happen. However, you just kind of float into it. You know, the way... Yeah. I mean, I watched you do it and it was just... You just kind of go with it. Now, Brutal Legend, when you say you don't like doing the missions. Now, neither did I, really. There's quite a lot of missions in Brutal Legend that I actually did not enjoy. So I just want to say that in case you go and rush out and buy it thinking that that's Mm -hmm. the game for you. Probably rent it, see if you like... I mean, you will like what it looks like, but yes, there are some dodgy gameplay elements in there that I did not enjoy. But overall, the visual feel of it looks right. really good. And then, if you don't care about high def and you just want to experience an older game, there's possibly, like, my Magnolia of games. You know, and like, yeah. I always say I love Magnolia as a movie. It's my favorite movie. Favorite game is called Shenmue and Shenmue 2. There's some old Sega games. But you live in a world, you... What you you inhabit this guy, this Hiu Rayabusa, I believe he's called. Yeah, you're basically him, and you live his life like you do. You do his job. You wash your face. You brush your teeth. You walk around the town, admiring everything. You stop at an arcade. You go in a flower shop. 
Right. You live a life. But there's a story. But there's a story, missions that you can go and do yeah. if you want, but you can actually just wander around and enjoy a, a Japanese it, life. Is you it know? a current date or is it a past? It's like 1980s. Right. End of the 80s. But you're... You, you, it's a Japanese life. Uh, a guy who lives in Japan. A Jap- Japanese guy. But with a story of revenge and some, yeah. some mystical shit going on and bad guys. It's really good. There's it, fights and there are things you do interact with. Now, I feel like it's beautiful. Like you mentioned beautiful. I feel that the game is beautiful. It looks beautiful. But obviously not up to today's standards. Because it's from the Dreamcast era, which, what, the mm. year 2000. Yeah. But if you can experience the game... I think you should because it has the feel of GTA without you know you're just somebody who can hang out in a world and that's what I got from it and that's why I dig it so much and wish they would make a part 3 and I was thinking the other day if Sega it's perfect time to make part 3 of Shenmue because you could do it as a downloadable game in parts you could charge (laughs) you could Shenmue 3 part 1 and then release another one a few months down the line and have them just on any, on all the big consoles, sure. right? So, Sega, if you're listening, there you go. So, um, I <laughs> hope we answered are. your question there. And now, your your answer to the question is... My answer to the question, the first thing that came to my mind, wasn't necessarily visually a beautiful thing, like what you're talking about with rooms and uh, whatever, but Auditorium was... It's a game where you're directing the flow of music or something. I'm not fully know how they yeah, describe music. it, but you're... You're pinpointing things and getting... And it's colors the, and... Yeah, it's really hard to describe, though. Playauditorium.com. But if you... Yeah, playauditorium.com, it's what, $5? $10? $10, Can't probably. remember. And uh, it's online. It's like a web-based Flash game. game, basically. Yeah, you don't download it or anything. You just play it from there, but you pay for it and you log in. And it's just... It's got nice music and it's challenging. Not at first, but then it gets more and more challenging. But it does... It takes you... You know, like you kind of by elevating. When I first, I jacked up the music, the sound really mm-hmm. loud, and I sat here one night. You was at work when I bought it, and I literally three or four hours passed before I even knew what. That's what, yeah. That yeah. to me is what we were talking about—a beautiful experience of a game. Now, yeah. a movie is different to me because you're not interacting with it, but that taking you away. Where I said everything beyond the plane of behind your head and your body. You're in like a little bubble and you don't have to go pee. You don't want to go eat. You don't want to do... You don't even... It doesn't even occur to you. Right. And then you... Before you realize it... And for me, another one that does it for me, and some people will laugh, but it's The Sims. Right. It's been that way since the day we got it, 10 years ago, when I bought the original Sims and realized I can build my own house. I would sit there for 10 hours just moving the wall and moving the chair and... No, unless you totally get what I'm saying from that particular game, you, you'll laugh at me and be like, that's just irritating. But no, 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 no. I was taken there. Like, and from it, the- it, I won't say it steals time away from you. It borrows time. It's a lovely experience to me. And that makes it a beautiful experience. It doesn't look beautiful, obviously, The Sims, or even up to The Sims 3. Sims 3 does. It doesn't look beautiful. It just looks utilitarian. You know, I mean, it's a cartoony kind of gamey world. But the act of it, getting lost in it, that's what I consider a beautiful experience. And finally, from me, um, a final one, and this is a very new game that came out last week, Mass Effect 2. Mm. That's Mass Effect 2, which is out on the PS3. There's a fully realized universe. 
I'm not talking about a GTA whereas it's just one city. I'm talking about a whole universe of places to visit that all looks beautiful. Um, it's a place you can get lost in completely. It's a huge game. and You've seen me playing mm-hmm. that this week. It's like playing a Star Wars movie. I mean, it's so detailed and... The, the, everybody's voice... That's you want to play that. right now, don't you? Yeah, I'm actually going to play some more tonight. <laughs> so yeah, Mass Effect 2 um, is another one. I mean... There's not a lot I can say. Uh, they, that's it, pretty much. I mean, there might be more in the future, but that's it for now. So uh, I hope we answered your question. Yeah, I think the question is not just about the visual beauty, but of the experience of getting lost in it. And to me, those kind of sum it up. So, um, not that I can't get lost in Burger Bar too, too. But yeah, it's and, not exactly and me. Plants versus zombies. Yeah, Burger Shop and Plants versus Zombie. Uh, that's different, though. You get lost in it, even though it's so trivial and hysterical. And time disappears, and I can play Tetris for hours and not think about it. But they're not the same. It doesn't elevate you the way these other things, I think, to you and I do. So, um, this week, I've been playing Mass Effect 2, which I mentioned last week. Um, I'm still going through it. <laughs> I'm, I think I'm 22 hours in, and I'm still nowhere near finished. I said to you last night, I feel like I've got so many missions to do, I don't even know which one to do. And because what you like to do is just bum around. Yeah, like, just collect everything and talk, <laughs> talk to, to everybody. <laughs> yeah, I want to just... When I speak to somebody in the game, I want to know everything that they've got to say. Yeah, I hear lots of things repeated. That's because, because I'm pressing the button to make sure they don't say the same. Because sometimes they'll say something different. Right. So I'm making them repeat it, so just in case. Just real quick, what's your position on the scanning now? Uh, it's okay. Mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, it's not great. I'll do it for a bit, and then I'll go off and do something else, you know? Right. But yeah, it's it's definitely weak. Um, and mm-hmm. I heard an interview with the one yeah. of the makers of the game this week... Who disagreed that it was weak? Yeah, because she enjoys the yes, time, the of, tediousness. Of it. Yeah, but she was not. She's not going to call it tedious. She's going to say, just like me building a house in The Sims, that's the thing. And she might totally get lost in it, like this repetitive, yeah. ethereal, moving the glow, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, so Mass Effect Two uh, this week. There, it's not a slow week for games this week. Let's just say that this week on Tuesday, which I will be playing both of these and reporting back next week. Dante's Inferno, which is EA's video game based on the Divine Comedy. Mm. Um, how highbrow can you get? You know, is that highbrow? Based on a 13th century poem. Um, We've discussed this. There are lots of games based on other ancient things that doesn't I just make think, them yeah. any more highbrow. This one's well. The, the Divine Comedy in general is kind of it's a highbrowish, scholarly. Mm, I um, disagree intellectual kind of poem that people someone decided that it was exactly those kind of people so what I'm saying is funny thing to pull from a gross thing to pull from a very sadistic and horrible so more gross than the four horses of the apocalypse yeah I mean I'd be interested to see it's pretty gross um, the divine comedy yeah but what I'm interested to see how what they use and what they don't because the lust part is pretty effed up how will that translate into a level of a game? You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see what they do with it. Or do they just follow a formulate thing and kind of throw in some of the themes? Right. You know, and it'd be really crappy, really. But we'll see. So um, that one's called Dante's Inferno. That's out on Tuesday. And the biggest release of the week, even if you think Dante's Inferno is not for you, will be Bioshock 2, which is a sequel to Bioshock. He plays a big daddy this time. We all know that. It's, I believe, 
like set a few more years after the first one ended. I can't really say any much yeah. more about it. It's got a multiplayer component this time, which to me, which to me, I'm not excited about because multiplayer in story-driven games is generally just uh, after the thought. So we'll see what that is. But yeah, Bioshock Two is out on Tuesday. Um, you can mention this anniversary. We had our anniversary this last week. We did. What was it? The sixtieth. Sixty <laughs> fifth. anniversary. It's very of the dark day. in there. I'm just going to hit um, a light. The day that we got married. It was actually our tenth anniversary, and some people call it tenth wedding anniversary. I think tenth anniversary covers it. The tenth anniversary of the day we got married, which and we'll tell the story why we picked Groundhog Day, because when so we were deciding what day time. to get married, wanted to pick a holiday so we wouldn't forget, and we wanted to do something with movies, and then boom, there it was. Groundhog and we say day. we always watch Groundhog Day on our <laughs> anniversary, but this year we didn't. We watched Zombieland. We did. We forgot. And we watched House of the Devil. Oh, what I'm saying is we watched Zombieland and that kind of fit. We'll say no more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> correct. Correct. We, we didn't mention Zombieland. No. Um, we had a lovely day and we contemplated before, like for the month prior, oh, should we go out of town? Should we go to a hotel? Should we do this? Uh, you know, plan maybe. And I looked at like... Um, uh, theater shows in the two bigger cities that are near us, bigger cities, Kansas City, St. Louis. And the the more I looked and the more I realized I must be getting older because my thought was, and then you and I kind of synced up on this, that you, you make the effort, you go there, you've never been to these particular places, and then if it turns out to be shitty, it's kind of like ruined your whole... Like if you go to a restaurant thinking, oh, this sounds really good, and then it's crap, then... Yeah. Yeah. So... Basically, we narrowed it down over over time. That we would yeah, just, we did. It got, we it got just, less and less elaborate as time yeah. went on. But that's the fantastic uh. thing about it. We ended up deciding, because we both absolutely love the Indian restaurant in the town nearby, 30, 30 minutes away. So we went there, went shopping, did some shopping, got, uh, looking at shoes. Bought a new coat. You did. You found you a new, like a hoodie without a hood. <laughs> Tracksuit top, or yeah, whatever yeah. you call it. And we had a great time. We'd hardly ever go anywhere together. So that was fun, just bumming around and laughing about things. And, you know. This weird music in front of the... Um, <laughs> we, were, we were walking. Yeah. We were in this like mall an outdoor kind mall, of area. Yeah. yeah, and uh, there's like... Bushes where all the plants are, there's like speakers sticking up and they're playing <laughs> this weird... Some of it was like Muzak. Like one know. time it's like... You know, like Maybe the Beatles, but turned into Muzak. Yeah. And then another time it was like this rap music. And then we go, <laughs> you know, just weird. It just felt weird. And, here, and all, we're walking and there was nothing. And then boom, some like weird music came out of the rock. And we're just like, well, that's so funny. <laughs> like, what's the point? Well. And uh, then we ended up going to have our dinner. And then we were going to go see a movie at the sort of indie theater there. And we drove by. You're not going to name it. No. The, you drove by and you looked and kind of looked in the window you know it's dark and we could see it and you're like looks a little pretentious and then we parked and then only a little a little then we walked past and both of us then there's like a little what video turned out store. to be a very pretentious video store as well and as we're walking past it's like they've got a bar in the front with a little cafe, cafe kind yeah. of thing and then the theaters are people sat on the laptops yeah typing up the scripts and uh, holding the wine glasses in the way that looked and we both just walked on past and then we're just like giggling like oh it just doesn't look like our kind of thing at all like I don't feel comfortable I did not feel comfortable going in there and at then, all and then I said to you funnily enough the movie we were going to see I've actually got it at home right and so we 
went into the video store, and of course there's a guy, the clerk standing there was not Randall, because he wasn't funny enough, no, but he Randall. totally didn't give a shit that we walked He was in. watching a subtitled movie. Yes, he was watching a Russian movie, looking up at the little crappy TV up, and he looked down, kind of nodded his head didn't at us, anything. and then we're looking around, and the cool thing in that store was, on the one section... Where they had all the different directors, Steven Spielberg and P.T. Anderson. They had, like, uh, DVD covers, but someone had hand-drawn, like, a caricature of yeah, it. Like, one. a cartoon. That was cool. Yeah. But then we both decided, accumulatively, that we would take our leftover Indian food home. We came home. And watched the movie we were going to see there at home. Correct. And I'm glad we watched it at Which home. was <laughs> House, The House of the Devil. Now, let's say it's a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a 2009 movie. It's got some it's, awesome parts. Yes, it has. Uh, that's what I was going to say. It's a 2009 movie, but filmed in a 1980... Kind of vibe. 80s yeah. kind of vibe. Kind of y kind of old horror movie yeah. style. Even down to the titles and the... Feels a bit like The Exorcist. Like and the in a funny slow thing bite. is, if you'd watched it in 1980... You'd have probably loved it. Yeah, because it would have been prior to any other... Any of these other, maybe a little bit more. I think we've just seen a lot more stuff yeah. now. So although it was well made, it was, and I, and like I said to you, when we'd finished watching it, and it did invoke a discussion, which is always good—a movie that you actually want to speak about. Um, I liked the first forty-five minutes totally, and after that, I didn't really care. <laughs> yeah, because the actual it. payoff was not as good as the builder. Right, but the girl, awesome. I didn't get her name or anything, but no. I mean, she's really good. It's very independent, let's say that. Yeah, and it looks good. It's just that the the threat and the ultimate evil devil thing. Now, the guy really... the guy who directed it also directed Cabin Fever 2, which I just got. Mm. Which I think we might watch even today, maybe. Because um, I liked Cabin Fever. And it really this takes place directly after... You remember oh, the, right, yeah. Remember the very end yeah. scene? Well, it's what happens with that. Right. So that could be interesting. It's the same director. Yeah, so. yeah. Because I... Now, what about Zombieland? And we watched Zombieland, which I, loved I, it. I really liked. Yeah. <laughs> it was just... I like anything with zombies. Funny, yeah. And then I watched the the zombie documentary, documentary which I really enjoyed, because... And that was on Netflix. And uh, it's just kind of like chronicles the history of zombie movies and has what's-his-face Romero talking about um, how he didn't make it up or anything. Yeah. He stole it from another movie and he doesn't know why people think he invented it because he didn't. He stole it. And there were zombie movies all the way back to the 20s and 30s. Yeah, so for everyone who goes, oh, George Romero invented the zombie movie. No. He kind of invented it in popular, in modern his, cinema. Yeah, and he even said, yeah. right now zombies are popular. In 10 years they won't be. And then 10 more years they will be. And that's basically what he hit on. Yeah. It was like a new movie culture of people, and he hit right at the right time, I think. Yeah. And he had a different take on the zombie movies, but it kind of inspired me to go back through my Netflix and look up old zombie movies. And I, I, thought, I found movies. some new zombie movies that we haven't seen yet, such as the remake of Dawn of the right. Dead with Ving Rhames. There was a sequel to that that I had no idea, called Day of the Dead. Right, right, yeah. Which is stars Ving Rhames. And Fido. Fido, yeah. Which is another modern... They mentioned both of those. Um, Boy Eats Girl... There's another one. There's quite a few that I looked... I and just that one with on. the nurse girl. I'd like to watch that one. It was like an independent... Yeah, I couldn't find that one. I can't remember the name that of it, That one was but... really obscure. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And one more movie so I our watched. anniversary. Was it a success? Yes. Apart from the cinema that we didn't like. 
Yeah, but that was part of the charm of the whole evening. If yeah. we'd gone in there and spent 16 or 20 bucks and felt like, ugh, out of place and, like, taking up our time and felt like, ugh. And then, I mean, that still would have been a story to tell. But I felt like, let's just cut to the chase and go home and get comfy on the couch with a blanket. And watch our own, oh and my watch God. the same movie. How old are we? That's just... Freaking. But then again, I'm thinking we never go anywhere. I'm going to go on a trip soon, so that's my adventurousness. But for our anniversary, it was nice to... Uh, and we're also under a, bla- under a blanket of snow still. Correct. <laughs> um, and then I watched one more movie on Netflix this week before we finish here. And it's called Good Dick. And no, it's not a porno movie. Uh, it stars Jason Ritter, who's John Ritter's son. An amazing movie. Absolutely, totally, completely, uniquely different, in my opinion. Um, yes, you might say it's kind of like Napoleon Dynamite. It's kind of like those kind of movies. But no, it has something different to say than those. It's quirky. It's a relationship movie. The relationship is... Don't tell us. Effed up. I haven't seen it, so don't tell me. No, I'm not saying what it's about. I'm just saying it's an effed up relationship. Is it effed up like Secretary? (laughs) Almost. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Almost, but not. But it is effed up. It's a relationship that is effed up, and it's from a point of view that I've never seen before, and I like that. Awesome, awesome. And it's funny, too. I think you should see it. You should probably just put it on tonight when you're... While you're playing. Yeah, because it lasts like it's only about eighty-eight minutes, you know, and it's absolutely it's performances are great. In fact, I got one of my friends to to watch it, and he he really liked it too. So um, it's called Good Dick, and all will be revealed when you watch it. Why it's called that? <laughs> um, so what have you got for this week? For what's for dinner? What is for dinner? You ordered some lovely patax curry paste, and we're gonna have vegetable curry. Then we're going to have some roasted asparagus and some baked sweet potatoes. And people probably go, probably go to themselves, they just eat curry, that's all they <laughs> yeah. eat. And that's not far from the truth. They I do would. eat a lot of curry. Now, last night, we had good. What did, what did I make last night? Vegetables? Um, it was fish. You had with fish asparagus. with asparagus. I made tofu, and then we had, like, I had made a salad out of some raw vegetables with that grandma's... We have like a local lady. Crazy old woman who was on the TV once. <laughs> grandma's salad dressing or something is really sweet and... Zesty. Really good, yeah, really zesty and good. Um, I'm so just saying what it says on the packet. It does say zesty. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what I'm eating tonight. And then um, you ordered some chocolate roses from England, and that's what we're going to Yeah, Cadbury's chocolate roses, just sweets from England. They taste good. And I think you covered my things with the anniversary and stuff. I think uh, yeah. I'm all talked out. But I feel that you should see Good Dick this week, so you can, so you can say what you thought of it next week. And... Uh, We'll probably watch Cabin Fever 2 or... Right. Or a zombie movie today. Um, so... Oh, and Big Fan. I think we saw that somewhere, somewhere. I'd like to watch that this week. Yeah, there's a movie called Big Fan, which could kind of fit into your Super Bowl Sunday, I guess. <laughs> I think that was the it, idea. Yeah, because it actually does have some um, yeah. football. But it's Will Patton, is he called? Don't remember. Stand-up comic guy. Looks good, actually. It does yeah. look good. And it's not really the kind of... Thing, but I, after watching that trailer, even though I feel that that trailer showed you most yes, of the movie, yes, oh my god, I still feel like I'd like to see the performances because they look good, you know, they look good. Um, so yeah, that's called Big Fan. You can get it on Netflix, um, yep. even though it must be brand new because it's advertised on this Blu-ray. You didn't speak of the cover, by the way. I don't like it. Yeah, the covers are boring. It's it's made to be sold now. It's Valentine's Day next week. It's red and a heart. It's and Valentine's a- Day next week. Um, right. 
Correct. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like a heart everywhere. Yeah, yeah. So I don't like it. That's somebody said this is coming out near Valentine's Day. It'll look good on the shelf with a red heart on it, mm. and that's what happened. Oh, and it's got a bit of a love actually. Um, yeah, that thing where you put everybody's head in a square. Yeah, and you stick them all together. You could also say love actually is a pastiche. Um, yeah, of course. Movie about love. But it's better. But about to me, England. it's not better. It's, it's a different kind of yeah, movie. Yeah, totally. I wouldn't say better at all because no. it takes a different point of view. It's an optimistic point of view, whereas this one could be seen as a more maybe pessimistic, realistic, and realistic combined. Not always. Apart optimistic. from the Shayla Booth thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm still puzzled about that. I'm gonna have to see. What, I'll explain it to you. Yeah, after the show. I'll explain after you what, the show. I'll explain you what I think about it. Okay. And then if you watch it after, if you listeners watch it. Let you us tell know us what, what you think, think it means, because maybe we all have different opinions. Um, so, thank you for listening to the show. I want to remind you about the websites, ascully.com, sidtalk.com. You can catch us both on Twitter, at ascully or at sidtalk. You can catch us on Facebook, Xbox Live, sidtalk on YouTube. You can subscribe to this podcast on the Zoom Marketplace, the iTunes Music Store, or click on the podcast link on ascully.com. Subscribe to the RSS feed. What do you think about the new Facebook? I'm indifferent. <laughs> They've changed Facebook. Yeah. It's kind of inconvenient. Yeah. That's how I feel. Makes me want to give it up sometimes. Makes me want to... I don't know. I don't feel as at home there as I did when it... Well, <laughs> well that's a good thing. So, um, I, you can email feedback to me at aschoolie at com, And thank you for the feedback this yeah. week, uh, which was a very interesting question. If, if you do send me an interesting question, we will answer it. Definitely. Um, and I'm not saying... Could be about games or movies or yeah. art. And or I'm not art. saying if your question is not interesting, we will ignore you, because I usually will reply to you, but we might not mention it on the show. So um, don't email Sid Talk at Sid Talk. Don't email Sid Talk. At, don't, anyway. don't even ignore what I just said. <laughs> don't uh, email Sid Talk at SidTalk.com. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, I want to say, uh, I was going to say stay classy and then mention people out of this movie, but the amount of names on the front, <laughs> I'll just say stay classy. Stay classy, New York. And I'm going to say think for yourself, people, because if you don't do it, and I know you know this, someone will sneak up behind you and do it for you. <laughs>